Our scripture, our scripture reading, <laughs> it's a hard word. This morning comes from Matthew 20, verses 1 through 16. For the kingdom of God is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went, and he went out again about noon, and about three o'clock he did the same. At a, and about five o'clock he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner saying, these last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this, I choose to give to this last the same as I gave to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When I was growing up, and I'm sure this will be familiar to parents now, my mom always worked really hard to make things equal for my brother and I. Every Christmas, the presents were counted. Each of us had the exact same amount to open. If one of us got some sort of treat, the other one had the option of something similar. We alternated who got to pick the restaurants on the rare occasions that we went out to eat. My parents helped pay for college. They helped support through graduate school. They paid attention to the way they supported us in those years we struggled after college. My mom practically had this down to a science. And she always had a plan B, some presents stashed, uh, a plan of action. So if things didn't feel even, she could work that out. She, some years, would save her Christmas present receipts, calculate the total value of each gift, and then one of us might have some cash in our Christmas card in case there was a big difference. But like everything in life, there was a point at which that system started to break down. How were my parents supposed to equally pay for college when one college was more expensive and when one of the kids got more scholarships? What happened when one of us started a master's program and the other wasn't sure they were ever going to? Was there a way to then just reimburse? What about when one kid was making choices 
that my parents wanted to support, and the other kid was in a place where money might have just made situations harder. The details seem like enough to give a parent a pretty big headache. But they wanted to always be fair in a world that really doesn't allow for that. This morning's gospel reading gives us a puzzling look at what it means to be fair and equal in this world. Jesus tells us a parable about field laborers. A landowner goes out early in the morning hiring laborers for his vineyard. They agree on a wage, and then the laborers head out for the day. Later in the day, a few more are hired, and they're sent out to help. And then three hours later, he does the same thing, and three hours after that, and then two hours later, one more round. And when the day is over, the landowner, in good faith, pays all of the laborers that he hired that day. But he's not paying them by the hour. He's paying them the same wage for the day because that's what had been agreed upon. And as I'm sure you can imagine, it didn't go over well with those who'd been working all day. And the landowner isn't offering a lot of sympathy. I'm not doing anything wrong, he reasons with them. Did you not agree to work for this? Take what belongs to you and go. I'm choosing to give the same to the last as I gave to you. So, I mean, we can understand those who'd worked all day, right? If you had been working hard all day, how would you feel? Suddenly, what you are receiving feels like less because somebody who didn't work as hard is receiving the same amount of money. I think that's an understandable reaction. And I think as we try to find this meaning, we go back to the teachings of the last few weeks that really keep focusing on this idea of keeping score. Are we keeping a tally of how much love is offered, of how much forgiveness is offered, of how much generosity is offered? Is that conducive to happiness? Is that conducive to caring for each other well? Earlier in Matthew's gospel, Jesus's disciples ask him to teach them how to pray. He answers, and we are reminded of this every week in worship as we pray the Lord's Prayer together. And it invites us in that prayer to pray for God's kingdom to come and for God's will to be done. Jesus tells us to pray, and along with prayer, to work for a world that God desires— a world that, according to this parable and all of the teachings of Jesus, treats people with dignity and respect. Throughout this parable, the main character in the story, the one who owns the vineyard and hires the workers, is regularly referred to as a landowner, which isn't just a description, but it's a title designating somebody who is prominent, who is influential, and who can hire and pay as many workers as he needs. But something significant changes near the end of the story when the understandably frustrated laborers who worked all day name their complaint. They don't address the landowner with this title or any title. They just complain. 
And when the Lord of the vineyard responds, he doesn't cut them off. He lets them speak and then he answers, reminding them that he'd paid them exactly as they agreed to. But before he makes his case, he addresses them as friend, not you or hey day workers or who do you think you are to speak to me this way, but friend. And I think it's important because it reminds us that in the kingdom of God, these typical divisions of wealth and power do not matter. It's a way of moving beyond all the usual distinctions they live with and inviting them into deeper relationship and into genuine relationship, starting with him. The landowner who calls them friend might also be inviting them to see their coworkers, even the ones who just showed up for an hour a little bit differently. We don't know why these last workers weren't hired earlier. Did they struggle with some sort of disease Is there something else that made employers biased against them? We don't know because the landowner doesn't care. When he sees they're available, he hires them and pays them what everyone else gets. It's not fair because it's more than fair. I think we often have a lot of conversations about what is fairness? What does equity look like? What does real equity look like? What is fair about what's going on right now? What's the most fair thing we can do? We have big questions around issues like student loan forgiveness, but I paid off my loans. Why shouldn't somebody else have to? That's not fair. There aren't easy questions to these answers. I don't judge people for asking them. But I think that this parable invites us to imagine that for any conversations about fairness to have meaning, we have to start with relationships. We have to be willing to share our stories and to listen to the stories of others. We especially have to be willing to listen to the stories of those we don't know well. And it's not easy. And it can be challenging. And it will take a huge measure of vulnerability. But I think it's something that we should challenge each other to do because we don't have to have all the answers, but we also don't have to retreat into our separate corners. We don't have to always agree, but we can start listening to each other, to those in our community and those beyond, to those we usually listen to, and especially to those that we don't. We enter into these conversations recognizing that we will fall short, that our biases and our preconceptions and lack of understanding, that our inherited fears will get in the way, that even when we are operating with the very best of intentions, we are going to get it very wrong. But thankfully, this strange, And hard and important parable reminds me that at the end of the day, it's actually not about what we deserve, but rather about being known and being accepted and being loved and being redeemed, not because of who we are or because of what we've done or not done. 
Certainly not because of our accomplishments or our lack thereof, but simply because that's who Jesus is. Jesus surrenders all titles and claims and calls us, every single one of us, friend, and then invites us first to see those around us as friends and fellow children of God, and then to work for the world of equity that God desires. Praying as we go into this work, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The funny thing about my parents' tendency to obsessively equalize what she and my dad gave to my brother and I is that we both know that what my parents give us really doesn't say anything about how much they love us. When they tried to balance it out in those challenging times, we didn't think that they loved us less. Sometimes it just spoke to what we needed at any given time and how they were able to help. A parent's love is not measured in equal gifts. And God's grace is not measured in equal human portions. That is why it is called grace. Because it is given to us beyond calculation, beyond us keeping track, beyond a ledger that says how long we worked for it and how much we deserve it. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And then a landowner who finds laborers on many walks of life at various points throughout the day. And so I invite you as you move throughout your week to find those places that you can give God's grace without keeping track of whether or not you think they deserve it, of not writing down, but I already did this much and I only got this much back but to remember that this is a life of abundance that we are called to. It is a life of immeasurable love. It is a life of understanding that that word fair will never make sense. That we are to be a community who cares about abundance and grace and almost never about a strict calculation of what is fair. So my friends, I invite you to open yourselves up to where God has given you grace and abundance and to find places to offer it back, to find ways to give thanks to God for that incredible gift of love. Amen.